0: I'm El Grauer. and I'm Melanie Gale and this is The Karate Chop, a podcast about Cobra Kai and all things Karate Kid.
1: Alright, so we're talking, what's the name of episode two again? Episode two is Strike First, which is the first part of the Cobra Kai mantra.
0: All right, so we're talking about Strike First, though, so of course, we'll have to come up with our own episode
1: name. <laughs> I actually like to call this episode, episode two, Strike First, or Daniel LaRusso Needs Therapy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it did start with him. It started out showing him like having a very happy life. And even though they kind of glossed over it because they were trying to juxtapose, like, how his life was before he noticed that Cobra Kai was opening again, I think we have to take a moment to really appreciate the fact that, you know, he was brought up so dirt poor that, like, they had to push his car to get it to drive and, like, really worked his way up. Exactly.
1: And a single mom.
0: Yeah. And he ended up living in the fancy part of town, and like he's got this great business, hiring a ton of people, and this really beautiful wife who seems really nice, and
1: one of his kids is kind of a brat. I know, but I think his older kid isn't as much of a brat as Samantha... But I think his younger kid, who I can't even remember his name, which probably isn't really good. It shows how bad the writing is with that character. Anyway, you know, I think that that's probably they were really rich by the time he was born. So he's not quite as down to earth. But I agree with you. daniel son has a really nice house. He seems like a really good husband. He seems like a really good dad. He gets up and makes breakfast for the kids and tries to engage with them. Yeah, I was very impressed by that.
0: Yeah, so that's, so we got to give him credit for that. And uh, yeah. even though his son, man, he should take his kid's iPad away.
1: I agree. <laughs> just, just turn off, especially when they're at the nice country club party. Go and you know, have a drink, kid. Have some food and chill out. I agree. He was kind of disrespectful to his father, too.
0: Right. I feel like his wife, Danielson's wife, is
1: a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, kind of spoils the kids a little bit. Yeah, uh, she makes excuses for them.
0: Oh, no, because then Sam was having that party while they were gone. And of course, Daniel's like, get out of my house and take off my swim trunks. And she's like, no, don't embarrass her in front of her friends. But it's like
1: um, my parents would have killed me. I can say with all honesty, my sister and I never, ever would have done anything like that. And my parents, they were good parents with us and they would have murdered us. But look at it. So they come home from this country club party. There's all these kids that they don't know all over wearing (laughs) all the boys are wearing Daniel son's bathing trunks. And the one boy comes out of the bathroom talking about bong reps. So I think he had every right to kick all those kids out. I do not agree with his wife at all with us. Yeah.
0: So he did kick him out before the bong comment.
1: (laughs) But how many swimsuits does he have? There were like 15 boys there. And even as an adult, He's really slim, and there were boys of all different sizes wearing his bathing trunks. Is that, like, a thing
0: where people have 15? 15... <laughs> no. I <don't
1: laughs> like, I know so. women that have, like, two, three swimsuits, maybe. like, Well, all right, let's face it. Daniel, even as an adult, even as a rich guy, does not seem like the kind of guy that's going to have 10 or 15 different pairs of swim trunks.
0: Maybe he you gets know? them as presents. Maybe his wife gets them for him.
1: <laughs> maybe. Maybe that they know somebody who, like, works for Catalina or, you know who makes guys swoon trunks i don't even know <laughs> quicksilver or something
0: man if only they handed those out in karate because i know in jujitsu they're constantly giving people these crappy oversized shirts mm-hmm. um for every seminar at every tournament and just right. constantly trying to sell these shirts that never really fit women quite right
1: it's the same thing with like, running when you go to races and stuff yeah. they sell them, and it's the same thing they're um always cut weird across the chest, so you can never, ever wear them right. Even right,
0: though- but you feel weird. Well, for me, I, I it's, like, hard for me to get rid of them, because they're associated with an event, and, I don't know, it's not easy to let go of them, so maybe, like, maybe they did that for karate, where they would just give you swim trunks. I doubt it, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, no, no, well, he does car stuff, so maybe at the um, car um, conventions, they give out swim trunks.
0: Yeah, he trades bonsais for, like, a dozen <laughs> swim trunks or something. <laughs> but it, uh, i think part of why he was so upset other than that you know sam was having a party behind his back is that he doesn't want her to turn into a privileged and brat like he said exactly. um, she could have been hanging out with aisha and her dad instead she was hanging out with
1: yasmin who wants to be uh rachel mcadams in mean girl she's watched that movie one too many times right, you, right. even her hair and moon yasmin and moon yeah,
0: I thought it was also kind of interesting how she she's not mean, but she's hanging out with mean girls. So she's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like she's sort of somewhat responsible for their behavior oh. because she doesn't say anything about it and continues to hang out with them. But she's also she, not that kind of person.
1: Yeah, and she's totally old enough to to have her own agency with that. And I mean, that's kind of face it. They have quite a bit of money. I think she would have been one of the popular kids anyway, because that's how high schools work.
0: Right. But you do have to, like, sit with the popular kids or else everybody ignores you.
1: Right. And you just mentioned her friend, Aisha, who we met at the country club. And Aisha becomes very important because she's a good kid. She's all into, like, going to a robot camp. She's all into doing STEM stuff. She's a smart kid. And it's just kind of interesting to an extent that she is a, uh, you know, reoccurring character. I think Cobra Kai shows her journey, uh, too.
0: Right. So one thing I did notice, so if we if we switch back... Oh, and I guess what I thought was really interesting is the sort of juxtaposition. Like, obviously Daniel's looking at this as very, like, black and white. Like, he sees Cobra Kai and it gets him in a bad mood. And he just thinks of, like, Johnny as someone who just beats up on kids without realizing that, you know, there's nuance there and there's depth there. And I think that's also how movies have kind of changed from when Karate Kid came out to now, is that there's less of that... Black and white. There's more nuance and more depth to characters than there were back then.
1: Uh, I'm including, I think, or even maybe especially a teenage characters. Right. <laughs> like, right. I'm a high school stuff.
0: So when you, and I thought it was interesting when Johnny was coaching Miguel, obviously he was being a dick and like mm-hmm. attractive and broken his inhaler and made all these really sexist comments and stuff like that. But I did notice that he broke his own no mercy rule. Cause he was telling him that you should not damage somebody's trachea unless it's an extreme situation. Right.
1: And um, even though this is a little bit later, we see um, how he sees how like Miguel grew up without a father. And as we saw in episode one, so did Johnny. He, he grew right. up with a horrible stepdad. And there was a nice little moment there where he kind of sees himself, a Miguel, to an extent.
0: Right, right. And then he freaks out. He tries to, like, not think about it because it's too raw for him. He's not good with feelings. Exactly.
1: <laughs> But I do want to state this. I have asthma. I have exercise-induced asthma, which I want to apologize to any of our uh, listeners for chewing gum during this last week because I just finished working out and I chew gum when I work out. So sometimes I need to use my inhaler. So um, if you're a sensei or like a baseball coach, do not throw away the kids' inhalers. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad thing to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it was so funny how he just grabbed it and threw it.
0: I think it was interesting to see this sort of, because I kind of feel like both, um, like the sort of debate between, you know, these old school coaches and like millennials or whatever they are now. I don't know if he's technically a millennial, but um, it's kind of funny because they're both wrong. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Like I know. it is true that, I don't know. It was funny. I went to, um, personal anecdote time, we went to the this exhibit yesterday and this girl on the street asked my husband if she could use this phone. And he's like, sure, because he thought she was like a young kid who was lost or something. But it turned out it was like a college student and she was calling her dad. Because she left her phone at home, and she wanted him to, like, call somebody who had called her to tell her to meet her at the place where she had dropped him off that morning. And it was she was so spoiled and entitled, and then we're like, we have to go, and she's still on the phone. But he also was, like, really dumb with technology and couldn't figure out how to scroll through her messages and make a phone call. And I'm like, wow, this is, like, such the stereotype of, you know, people got all offended when that parkland kid called people like our old ass parents right. you know? right. <laughs> so i kind of felt like it was there's a little bit of truth in all these stereotypes i don't think you should pretend peanut allergies don't exist or like right. throw people's inhalers away anyway but sometimes you have to kind of let things go
1: well <laughs> you and i have both been in plenty of martial arts classes and you don't talk on the mat and you don't talk back to the sensei and, and miggy wasn't really talking back to johnny per se but he was being pretty chatty And uh, correcting his sensei. Right. So that's kind of the same thing, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He was saying ridiculous things, though. He's
1: a very sweet (laughs) boy, but still, you know, but that was pretty funny. So I have a question for you. So I'm not sure. Do you think when the health inspector came in that he just came in as as a regular thing? Or do you think Daniel-san called up the health department? Because that happened after he saw Cobra Kai was open and got angry.
0: I don't think he called him yet. I think he got distracted. He didn't even finish telling his wife the story about it because, like, there was life in the way. So I think he saw it and it bothered him, but he kind of tried to ignore it. Uh, but yeah, that health, that health thing was so funny. I couldn't believe that he called, said Miguel was an illegal he picked up this morning. Like, somebody <laughs> would know. call ICE and he would. I and know. how did he not know about these requirements when he was employed as a handyman? You think like exactly, he
1: was, exactly because he He was employed by like a rural business. It wasn't like some kind of day labor stuff where they just picked him up on the corner. He actually worked for a company, so I thought that that was kind of I don't know. Johnny also doesn't seem like the sharpest tack in the box sometimes, too. Right,
0: right, So I had really mixed feelings about the work that he was making Miguel do, because essentially he is coaching him for free for now. Um, and so I think that it's expected when you're doing something free for somebody that they help out. But making him do exposed wires... When, like, I, I do
1: want to sit there <laughs> and say, though, I think this was... A funny little homage to the original Karate Kid, like the wax on, wax off. Yeah, like Mr. Miyagi had Daniel son do all this stuff, wash the cards, paint the fence. Um, you know, put stain on on the deck, um, so that at the end he could sit there and say, "See." So I just think this was a funny thing because, like, when when Miguel asked him if he should wash, you know, wash the windows in any way, he goes, "Now nah, I don't give a shit. Just do it. Um, however you want." Right. Um, that was it's really kind funny. of like a nod to it, but. But, like, doing the wiring was kind of funny, you know.
0: And the whole, do not question my methods.
1: (laughs) I know. Then when he said, I'm going to go in, when he told me to go in to clean the toilet, I'm going to do it on your knees. And then he started laughing because, you know, he was having fun with it. Yeah. Which Which I guess in one way shows he's kind of a dick. But I also kind of saw it as just being kind of funny. He was he was doing it just to have fun too
0: yeah i don't know i think that's that's kind of the thing that i don't like about and obviously mr miyagi did this to Danielson too but the whole don't question my methods and just do whatever what i say even if it seems stupid and i'm saying things that sound ridiculous it's easier to get kids to do that than adults
1: Oh yeah, because
0: they don't know any better they'll just kind of roll their eyes and talk about it to each other you know
1: oh oh and when his um when Miguel's cell phone rang and it was some kind of you know music the kids listen to now, and Johnny had to fit and told him to go and you know change his ringtone to Guns and Roses, and the kid was like, "Who? What's I just Guns and Roses." I know. <laughs> show so funny. in in the eighties and nineties, of course, I always say the best music ever was in the nineties. So I guess I'm getting old too. Yeah, So, I don't have anything to say about that.
0: It's okay. No, I thought it was also funny uh, that Miguel told his parents he was in debate class and, like, Johnny didn't have a pro Like, it's... Obviously, he's not thinking this through.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I I do have to say, Daniel-san's dojo, his little dojo he has at home, his little practice area, I would kill to have that. That was sweet. That was so nice. It was and-
0: really nice how he coached his daughter.
1: And it was really sweet. Little Sam and Showing her what, like Mr. Miyagi, um, taught him, and telling her it's only for self-defense. But she was all like, "Yeah, sure, I like kick somebody's ass." She didn't quite say that since she was like seven, but still, I thought that that was cute.
0: Yeah, he did a good job, I think. But also, I think Johnny was a good coach. I feel like Johnny did a good job of. His punching coaching, yeah, like so obviously, I'm just he say that he, exactly. He made some stupid sexist comments and was kind of a bit of a dick, but I think that he did do some good coaching in there, and it was really effective. And it's something that Miguel really needed, so it's really nice of him, I guess.
1: No, I mean it is, uh, and of course, um, one reason why he he won't um, need this is we see in the lunchroom, he doesn't have anybody to sit with at lunch. He just walks around with the tray, which is just a awful feeling, I'm sure. And sits down with two of the biggest geeks, two of the biggest outcasts, it appears. Um, one boy whose name is Eli, who has a cleft palate or did have a cleft palate, I should say. And um a, a Dimitri who's just like an uber um, nerd. And um, to sit there and see how, Sam's over there with all of her mean girlfriends, and then Kyler, who's the jerk, the guy who tried to beat him up um, that night, hangs out with her. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like how like they're setting all of this up,
0: right? I oh, speaking of millennial reactions to things, I thought it was kind of funny how Daniel had that moment too when he made um, sushi or sashimi oh, yeah. for
1: Kyler, and Kyler was like, "I don't like
0: fish; it grosses me out."
1: It was like that really, really expensive i'm um, a tuna you get and he cut it himself and he made the sauce by himself and he's like oh do you have any fish sticks i thought that that was great <laughs> that was funny and he got mad but then he was like well you know i didn't like sushi when i was your age either so yeah
0: you know i feel like um the cause then he talked to Kyler about what happened with johnny and i feel like in, maybe the reason that daniel sees things as so black and white is because it was more black and white in in his mm-hmm. childhood Like, he was getting picked on by bullies, and he defended himself, but this situation is actually really complicated, because it's like, Kyler, you know, as Johnny alludes to in the end, when Daniel uh, basically challenges him in his own dojo, but then also walks away from the fight, (laughs) Um, he's basically telling him, like, you know, get your house in order, and your kid, (laughs) I don't know, like, he's just pointing out stuff that Daniel doesn't realize about his own kid, because Daniel kind of sees the world through rose-colored glasses and thinks everything is really black and white. So Johnny's a jerk, and he's beating up on kids, and his his daughter's perfect without really realizing what is actually taking place and not even being open to it. He just assumes anybody that says something different is lying.
1: I still think it's interesting that um, Johnny again had the chance to tell Daniel what his daughter did with the hit-and-run and still chose not to do it. <laughs>
0: right right
1: yeah you know that that he didn't feel like he should get the girl in trouble maybe i'm not quite sure it's just kind of i just find that really interesting that he's has several chances to uh get samantha in trouble and hasn't
0: i don't think that daniel would believe him though
1: well i was just going to say that i mean probably would call him um a liar i think if he confronted samantha about it though she would tell the truth i get the feeling that she would but he might not even reach that i kind of agree with you all
0: yeah, it was funny how um, Yasmin yeah, called uh, Johnny a meth head zombie. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> Kyler lying about what happened doesn't surprise me. But Daniel just kind of believed in everything he said. And then just like you said, I'm a confronting Johnny. I mean, that was actually what he did, an aggressive act. I mean, from like a legal standpoint, too. He just went in there. And this is why I said Daniel needs therapy. Because every time anybody mentions Johnny or Cobra Kai, he starts becoming enraged, even though he won the tournament, even though Johnny had nothing to do with the stuff done to Daniel and what happens in Karate Kid um, three. Mm-hmm. And he has just great life. He has a lot of money. He has a great family, but still it's like anything to do with Johnny, anything to do with Cobra Kai, it makes him just kind of like lose it. And that's why I said that Kyler tells him this stuff and, he should either, even if he doesn't let it go, he didn't go to Johnny and ask, what's going on, man?
0: Yeah, well, I think he just thinks of Cobra Kai as, like, the evil dojo, and when he sees it's open, he's like, oh, shit, you know, uh, and he's surprised that Johnny doesn't see it that way, but Johnny's kind of conflicted.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it was the evil dojo.
0: Right. But
1: it did it did do a lot of, like, I feel like people get a lot out of evil gyms
0: sometimes because they take <laughs> the good and ignore the bad. Right. And they can. it's very easy for people to make excuses for bad things that happened that didn't affect them in their gyms and stay at those gyms and support those gyms.
1: Especially since we know that um, Johnny had a bad home life and that his sensei was kind of like a father figure to him. Right. As much as Miyagi was a father figure to daniel Son. And Daniel doesn't kind of get that. And that um, Johnny was betrayed at the end by his father figure, just like he was his actual real father figure. Whereas um, Daniel, Mr. Miyagi never let Daniel down. Right.
0: I also thought it was interesting because at first when I was kind of trying to analyze, like, who's doing a better job of imparting karate to people? Right. Like, Johnny has this son that, like, called him a pathetic loser. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. he doesn't have any control over – like, his son's basically growing up without a dad. Right. And on drugs. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: – Eddie is on drugs, but th- think about that. Johnny didn't even know what the street names for drugs are, so – Johnny likes his cores, as we see when he just drinks his cores in front of Miguel um, in the dojo, but doesn't know anything about drugs. But it's very obvious that, I, you know, I don't know if we can call him a deadbeat dad. We don't know if he pays child support, but um, it sounds like possibly his ex, and we find out later this is true, is also not doing a great job. Right, so, right. So it's like he kind of feel bad for Robbie, his son.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I didn't know what Molly was until pretty recently, because they called it ecstasy when I was in high school.
1: They did, too. And I found out from Molly Cyrus so several years ago when she was talking about it online. And people were talking about, that's bad. She says that she does Molly. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. And I had one of my students tell me.
0: I was at a party, and somebody told me they were on Molly. And I was like, what's Molly? And they freaked out because they thought I was a cop. And they were like, Oh my. It's hot.
1: Like, it? <laughs> no, I'm just getting a little bit old now. I know, yeah. I don't know all the street names for all the drugs now. Yeah, that's okay. That's like when you listen to like old TV shows from like the '60s and '70s, and they talk about marijuana, and you know they don't call it pot or weed; they call it grass. You know.
0: Yeah, I'm just glad that the guy who was inspecting the dojo didn't call ice on Miguel, because who knows what would have happened even if you were there
1: illegally. I could have come and tased him and then taken him away someplace. And
0: he can't even do knuckle push-ups.
1: I know. <laughs> I know. He's a skinny little thing, but he's not any skinnier than Ralph Macchio was.
0: That's true. Well, I don't think that
1: Ralph Macchio was really that good at karate. He just kind of uh, had a lot of heart and just didn't give up. Oh, no, I totally agree. And we have to admit, he got a little bit lucky at the tournament when he beat Johnny. We know that. Yeah. But yeah. that they had to have the good guy win. And I don't have a problem with that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I kind of, that's kind of what I liked about it was that it was, uh, you know, the David versus Goliath. Exactly.
1: I do think that Kyler needs to have his ass beat and I don't care by who. He's a little sociopath, I think. Yeah, yeah, I
0: agree. I'm kind of annoyed at Samantha, too. Like, if she's such a nice person, why isn't she sticking up for her friend? Mm-hmm. And like,
1: I mean, I mean, she was raised to have confidence in herself, too. That's the thing about that. She could easily do that. It seems like she has a good relationship with her mom and dad. She could go and talk to them about it too, but she doesn't. So it's just kind of weird. And I do want to give a shout out to the actress playing uh, Samantha, Mary Mouser. She's been on so much stuff. She's been on all these TV shows since she's been like a kid. I think she's doing a really good job with that because it's kind of like what you said. You're kind of invested in her to an extent because, um, she She's a good kid, but she has a bunch of different layers to her.
0: Yeah, she's such a good actress. but the the mm-hmm. moment I thought showcased her acting and how great it was was when um Daniel was asking her about the texting mm-hmm. and he's like, just words and she's like, "Oh, gross, just words." and she totally looks away because she's embarrassed. <laughs> it was such yeah. a good moment.
1: <laughs> but that also shows he's a good dad because he's comfortable enough to say. You shouldn't be taking nude pictures and sending them um, to boys. That's a bad Sam without right. saying that. But at least give him the opening tour. As I said, he's a good dad. You know, I mean, it would be a good dad to have.
0: Yeah. So as far as like who I like better in this episode, I think it's really hard to say because I think Daniel does. Like obviously he did instill the spirit of karate and Miyagi's philosophy in his mm-hmm. daughter, but Johnny's also coaching a kid he doesn't really know and doesn't even like for free. I guess it's sort of a work trade agreement, uh, and somebody really needs it. But Johnny's also seems to be like completely absent from his own
1: son's life. Of course, at this point we don't know if he wants to be involved in his son's life. Right. You know. Oh, you know. We don't know anything about it, which is which is kind of interesting. Who who do I like better in this? Um. I like both of them to an extent, but I do think that Daniel is getting very aggressive and is not being fair to Johnny.
0: I wonder if Danny, because his wife doesn't really let him react the way that he wants to when his daughter throws a party with her privileged friends wearing his swim trunks. I feel like she kind of stops him from reacting the way that he wants to. So maybe he's taking some of that out on Johnny.
1: That's a good point. And she also was kind of like laughing at him when he started talking about his upbringing. I mean, it was truly a hard scrabble upbringing. That's the truth. And, I mean, it does seem like he talks about it a lot. But, you know, she also kind of, like, made fun of him a little bit when he was talking about growing up. So, that could be it, too.
0: Yeah. Though, I think she was also kind of pointing out that he's told her this story over and over again.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This is true. Well, anybody that's been in a relationship longer than three years, you get so tired of hearing the same stories over and over again. Yeah. And... They've looked like they've been married, like say, like at least, i um, a twenty years or so, probably. So she's probably heard that story eight thousand times.
0: All right. So from a legal standpoint, mm-hmm. I think Danny wins because I'm pretty sure breaking someone's inhaler because he decided asthma <laughs> was a form of weakness is illegal. Not to mention that he didn't even have a studio set up before starting classes. Uh, and he's a
1: minor, and he did it to a minor too. And he has exposed wiring.
0: He's like, don't question my methods. I'm a handyman and an adult, but I'm going to make you do this. Even though you're pretending you're in debate class, I don't think you can, like, coach kids whose parents don't – like, don't you have to sign waivers or have them sign waivers?
1: Yeah, so he's saying he's in his debate class or club or whatever, and as an adult, you have to sign a waiver for martial arts. You know that. Right. So and (laughs) and if you're under 18, your um, parents have to come in and okay it. You know, they, they have to sign everything. And and he knows that uh, Miguel's mom is really really anti martial arts. She thinks it's too violent. Right. But yeah, so he shouldn't have the kid in there working for free. That's illegal. He shouldn't be training the kid without the parents knowing about it. He has exposed wiring. And as we know from the shot of the bathroom, the bathroom is pretty gross. So that (laughs) went past. And he's drinking beer as he's training.
0: Right. And the inhaler.
1: (laughs) And he broke um, a medical device. Right. So, I mean, the kid could have dropped dead right there with asthma um, attack. (laughs) So, I guess, you know, legally, pretty bad. Daniel-san seems to run a really really good business it looks like a, I'm sure it meets all the laws it treats his, his employees seem to love working there so he definitely has this safer workplace
0: right yeah <laughs> and then as far as like who's more of a jerk I think I, I still think Johnny's kind of a, like he still has this sort of tired old 80s style genderizing and calling Miguel and illegal is really gross so Samantha, you know, has been friends and is sort of ignoring that they're mean. Um, and Daniel has this sort of like black and white mentality where he can't even see any nuance <laughs> from Johnny and just decides he's evil and is a
1: little bit unhinged. Yes, that's it. He's unhinged. Like when he sees when he sees the Cobra Kai dojos reopen, he goes crazy. So except for that, that's his huge blind spot. Daniel's a great guy in every way, except maybe he needs to put his foot down with his kids a little bit more. But that's why I said the subtitle of the episode should be Daniel LaRusso needs therapy.
0: Right. And then I don't know what Johnny needs. I mean, he's good at punching coaching, but maybe he needs to get his shit
1: together. Mm-hmm. I think I think he needs therapy too.
0: Yes. So Daniel and he's Johnny needs therapy
1: need and sensitivity training.
0: Yeah, and uh I don't know, it's kind of sad. I don't know. I think if he if he could understand like very basic things about owning a business and then also like you know be a better coach that doesn't put people in danger (laughs) which we see progress as the episode goes on Um, and then maybe try to figure out how to reconcile with his son
1: and not call his students genderized slurs that probably would too
0: yeah and that's just the whole way that he talks about i i'm really uncomfortable with the idea of the strike first principle being used to like get chicks like as a strategy like he's like oh you need to have confidence. And so I actually you...
1: forgot about that. Yeah, that's like a pickup artist thing.
0: Yeah, that's really gross. That's not how you should look it. Oh, that's gross.
1: Um, Miguel tried that in the lunchroom with Sam, too.
0: Right. I don't think he was aggressive. I don't know. It's weird for me. I know people say that martial arts builds confidence and you can use martial arts principles in real life. But to look at something like strike first and and make that an analogy for picking up chicks, quote unquote, I think that's what he called it. Yes. Like, that just seems very, like, violent. <laughs> you know? like, like, striking first. Like, saying hi to a girl is striking first.
1: It's also, just like you said, very 80s and 90s.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: It's very... It's, it's a bad thing to say in the Me Too era, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do think that, you know, Miguel would be a better person for Sam to be interested in than Kyler, because Kyler is a jerk, but she doesn't know that yet,
1: so... Right. Well, also, look, it didn't work for Johnny when he tried it with alley after daniel Son came on the picture and Karate Kid 1.
0: Yeah, he hasn't really learned from these things. So I don't know, maybe they both haven't learned from their mistakes because Johnny hasn't learned. And then Daniel, it's like if, like, he handled it in the moment the best way that he could, but obviously he's still really traumatized by it. He needs EMDR.
1: Exactly, because... Daniel is the winner in this in every way if you I mean like a life and everything and that's why I said he needs therapy he definitely has real PTSD from this and from the events from Karate Kid 3 it makes sense why he does because that was just what they did to him was horrible I mean what they did to him was criminal and everybody should should be in prison for that still right you know but it's not Johnny's fault Johnny apologized to him after the tournament uh, when he gave him the um, trophy and had his father figure almost try, try to kill him in the parking lot later.
0: Right, and it's almost... I don't really know exactly how they did the age timing in the Karate Kid movies because it was Johnny's senior year. It was the under-18 tournament, so he was 17. Mm-hmm. And I thought at the time that Daniel was also 17, and yet he... Because he was supposed to go in college the next year, but he didn't go because he opened up that bonsai shop with mr miyagi but then he was still in the tournament that year or maybe it was even the year later i don't remember it might have been that year oh yeah because he went on the trip and then he they opened the bonsai shop and he had that tournament so he was in the under 17 tournament a year later even though he was supposed to be in college so how did they make him like i don't know you
1: know i actually never thought of that i was 17 when i went to college so my senior year in high school I was sixteen and seventeen. Okay. But um, it's okay with the timing of what was but the tournament wasn't like in like November or anything. I always got the idea it was like, you know, I'm um, in the spring. Oh, I thought it was, like thought a it few was close to I thought it
0: was close to the Halloween dance. I thought it was could have been early enough in the year.
1: I'm not sure. I I will research this for when we do episode 3. Okay. So that I will have but an answer for this.
0: I kind of feel like so, but, but the point I was going to make is that I feel like Johnny moved on. Like he lost his senior year and, and had that awful experience. And I guess maybe he didn't move on because he's kind of a bum but he, he's not thinking about karate constantly and he... I know he got in that fight in Applebee's, but I don't know if he's constantly, like, basing his identity on it. I feel like he kind of moved on, whereas Daniel kind of—
1: And we don't know when the Applebee's thing happened. Right. Did it happen 10 years before, 5 years before, 20 years before? We don't know that either. I mean, Johnny, he grew up pretty privileged, but it looked like, of course, he didn't stay privileged. Right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he went to college afterwards. I got the idea he probably didn't. But he did enough to at least go to like a community college to a a VOTEC school to learn how to do quite a bit of stuff, um, including electrical wiring. And you have to have a certificate for that, Mm -hmm. especially when you work for um, a company like he did. You know, it can't just be me or you trying to do it. Yeah, Yeah. but
0: Johnny was only in that one, that first Karate Kid and Daniel kept kind of having more experiences and he had this ongoing relationship with uh, Miyagi and... And that, that kind of incorporated some aspects of that into his business and was coaching his daughter um, in karate. So maybe he was more, it was more top of mind to him than Johnny, who hadn't even thought about it and was just minding his own business and not talking to anybody and living like a bomb and doing his menial labor. You
1: know? Well, th- that's why I would like to know more about um, Johnny's ex. Has he been paying child support? Is he a deadbeat dad? If he's been paying child support... And you know, I'm, I give him more respect for that. Or has any? I mean, because we know he hasn't had uh, any kind of relationship with his son, but he's still listed as a right. emergency contact. And I found that kind of interesting. Like, how long ago was it when um, his relationship with with his son went bad, yeah. and why? That's a
0: lot. That's a lot. All right. Anything? Any Anything to wrap this up, or anything we haven't covered yet?
1: Um, that is all I could think. I think that I think that this episode. Uh, showed a little bit more of POV from Daniel. So we'll see what happens next because it looks like episode three things start yeah. heating up it looks like fights at school i kind of i still
0: think that daniel from my perspective and everybody said that this whole series made them really like johnny and i agree that it did kind of give more depth to his character and make him a little bit more likable but i still think daniel wins the episode like i still think he's less of a jerk even though he's caught in this black and white thinking mode well,
1: i agree but he needs to quit going into someone else's house and threatening them that's that's not a good thing. right
0: right yeah
1: of course he can afford a better attorney if anything happens, but <laughs> yeah. still. So. I
0: don't know that I don't know that he intended <laughs> to go there as I don't know that he intended to go there as a physical challenge.
1: But he had to get in a car and drive quite a ways away to do that. And then even after he saw the kid there, he still kept on doing it.
0: I think he was mostly there to say, like, stop beating up on my daughter's friends. Not not like, right. you motherfucker, I'm going to kill you. Like, I think it was more like a warning. Though, I don't know, it's, it's pretty ballsy to go into someone else's dojo. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, I guess that shows... He has confidence, and he also makes good money now, and knows a lot of people. And I'm just saying that it does make a difference, um, as as we will see going forward. Right. He he's not above using his contacts.
0: Yeah. All right. So we'll talk about that when we go over episode three.
1: Episode three.
0: I'm Yael Grower.
1: and I'm Melanie Gale,
0: and we'll catch you next time on the Karate Chop.